Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up, everybody? Welcome. It is another edition of Let's Talk Sports coming to you on this Monday, National Championship Monday. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. I got my guy because it's National Championship Monday. There's a lot of news coming out of UH football as well. Uh, And so we had to. It behooved us to have this guy, our resident football guru, my partner for University of Hawaii Telecast of uh, Rainbow Warrior Football on Spectrum Sports. Rich Miano is in the house. What's up, Rich? Waiting, anticipating this <laughs> NCAA championship, which I have special feelings for. I think it's going to be a phenomenal game. And then uh, watching tour last night, watching the playoffs. There's so much to get to. There's yeah. so much to get to. So exciting. Yeah. So uh, 808-296-1420 uh, is the number to call. You can also text in at that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. We'll be sure to get to it because, yeah, not only some of those uh, headlines from action on the field, but you have some of the uh, off-season maneuvers, announcements being made by the University of Hawaii football program. You have reported uh, names who will replace some of the outgoing coaches. And so uh, we probably should start off there since uh, that hits pretty close to home for both you and I. Uh, And we haven't necessarily been able to break down some of the announced changes uh, for this Hawaii coaching staff. Uh, But it was previously announced that uh, Steve Irvin, um, Etienne, and Ian Shoemaker were going to be let go from the coaching staff and so now you have reports uh, that have names, some of them familiar, uh, on the way into the University of Hawaii prospectively including familiar names like Dan Morrison who used to be the quarterback's coach back in the June Jones day, uh, one of your colleagues on that coaching staff, Rich Jeff Reinbold, another guy who has spent time here uh, in Hawaii with the University of Hawaii specifically and represents Hawaii like more so than just about anybody uh, and then you also have Dennis Thurman as a name that was reported by Stephen Sai in the Honolulu Star Advertiser as a uh, possible uh, replacement as the DB's coach. Um, and so I'm going to ask you here, and there are some other names swirling. This, the, none of these have been announced as official. But uh, going to uh, ask you, uh, Rich, first off, just your reaction to some of the coaching changes. And, and even, you know, I brought this topic up when Rob DeMello was in here uh, the last couple of weeks, the, the timing of these announcements, right? Hawaii basically waited until after the college bowl season, with the exception of uh, the college football playoff uh, finishing up. Uh, they waited until after the bowl season to announce these maneuvers and to try to fill uh, some of these spots. So just kind of wanted to get your reaction on what we do know here as far as the coaches who are outgoing uh, and, and what you think about the the replacing of those guys. Yeah, well, it's a precarious time. And I know Timmy struggles with this because his love and affinity for these coaches that were told, and, and do you tell them before Christmas? That's a, not a good time. Before the New Year's, not a good time. But you have to tell these uh, coaches as early as possible so that they can put themselves out there in this job market that's ever-changing so it was one of those deals where I know that is probably the hardest thing Timmy Chang has to has done in his two-year tenure. But, yeah, you, you look at a guy like Dan Morrison, you know he's going to help Braden Shager in terms of everything from the sidelines. They're in Dallas right now working together. Um, it's a calming presence. Um, he, every quarterback should have a quarterback coach that he enjoys working with, and, and I think that is a good fit. Then you talk about other guys guys uh such as 
um, Jeff Reinbold. Jeff Reinbold has a good background in special teams, but he's coming to coach the D-line from what I've t- been told. And the, these things contractually have not been official yet, but uh, Jeff Reinbold loves Hawaii, as you mentioned. He's been around football a long time. He's very knowledgeable on at least two out of the three sides of the football, and, and I think he's passionate, and I think he'll fit in well with this coaching staff. So I think that's a good hire. The guy that I'm not too sure about is the Dennis Thurman that you mentioned, and I'm I. I'm sure it's not the Dennis Thurman that played for the Cowboys. Is oh, that oh, correct? It's the Dennis Thurman that played for the Cowboys. Yes. Uh, All-America safety with USC. This is according to reports from Steven Sy. Um, obviously, a long-time uh, coaching career that included uh, being a defensive coordinator for the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills. Last year, he was in charge of quality control and defense under uh, Deion Sanders at Colorado. So, uh, yeah, that's a big name possibly here on the ledger for University of Hawaii football. Yeah, and I got to work with him in the Hula Bowl. So when Rex Ryan was the head coach, he was the defense coordinator. I just thought it was couldn't have been Dennis Thurman <laughs> because, you know, he has uh, a lot of Cowboys records in terms of interceptions in career. Yeah, played he nine years in the NFL. He has been a phenomenal uh, all-pro type of player. He's had an extensive coaching career, as you mentioned. I remember when he was with the Jets because I was there with Rex Ryan and that staff. So, yeah, that is a good hire in terms of name recognition alone. And, and, I, and I think that would be good for the corner backs especially and pass coverage yeah no it's uh so those are some of the names that that are out there uh and i think that uh, obviously will be fodder for some discussion again n- nothing official with regard to the three candidates that we have mentioned but uh you know i think that if they are being reported by steven sai uh nonetheless uh, i think that you can at least put it in the category of safe bets as these guys possibly being named that and if you understand the protocol in the state of hawaii they won't officially get paid till sometime in the year 2029 but anyway they're going to be on the staff hopefully and and that will become official and the protocol that you have to go through to be an assistant coach you wouldn't wish that upon anybody but hopefully those guys will get their signatures all dried up and get paid in in a in a, a good fast manner yeah all right uh 808-296-1420 the number again you can text in at that number via the zephyr insurance text line we got the resident football guru rich miano in the house and so we will uh, answer your questions and or comments we have paul waiting on the line he wants to get into a little discussion about the coaching changes as well as uh, the national championship what's up paul oh hi kanoa and um coach uh there how you doing a word on the street right (laughs) i think um Coach uh, Chang, he, I think he needs more of a result this coming season. So uh, I, I guess we can expect good names like Reinbold and everyone else. Um, what I have, uh, what I wanted to focus on was the CFP today, and I know this. We should be talking more about Hawaii, but Hawaii might be in such a position at some point for some reason. Mm-hmm. Look at Everyone's Paul; he's, about, he's dreaming big, baby. <laughs> Everyone's talking about whether there should, whether if if Michigan wins today, should it be a marred considered a marred um, win? Gary Dickman mentioned it today, and a lot of pundits are talking about it. Look, if they got this far, if the NCAA got it this far, instead of saying, "Look, sorry, we know we're going to get robbed over this, we got to cancel the national championship because of stuff we think Michigan did." No way, gentlemen. If they win today, they win outright. No mark, no nothing. They got this far. They're being allowed to get this far. Let them play the game. If they win outright, they win, period. In my eyes, 
and I hope in a lot of eyes outside of Michigan, they look they're looked upon as the winners. Okay, and I I, I know you got other callers out. Listen off the air. Thank you. Thank All you. All right. I uh, appreciate the call there, Paul. Um, and so let, let's let's sort of sidestep that here for uh, a bit. We'll take that off ramp that he supplied because, uh, yeah, is there an asterisk that is required or even worthy here under these circumstances with all of the controversy surrounding Michigan and their head coach, Jim Harbaugh, who basically missed, was suspended for half the season? He was out for six games, uh, not able to coach uh, beginning of the season <laughs> towards the end. So I, I think that. I, I see what Paul is saying. He's like, hey, look, they're going to play the game. If they win, they win. And, and yeah, I think that that is uh, likely going to be the narrative that is adopted. And I think what the NCAA has always uh, found itself doing is these sort of retroactive punishments, right? Where it's like, well, they won, but we're going we're gonna to erase it from the ledger. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to take Reggie Bush's Heisman back. <laughs> and we're going to do these kinds of things and, and vacate the national title. And I hate that kind of stuff. I hate that kind of retroactive punishment because we saw those players play with our own eyes. We saw those games and those results take place before our eyes. And so there's no revising history from that standpoint. If the NCAA, uh, which, you know, their their level of enforcement when it comes to this stuff or their their lack of consistency with enforcement when it comes to this stuff uh, is, is long and, and detailed and controversial unto itself. Uh, and so if they did not put themselves in a position to be able to legislate what was happening in the backdrop with Michigan, which I think should still be in the category of significant if it plays out to be absolutely true. If they were not able to position themselves to be able to uh, punish them in a way or or legislate this thing prior to this game being played tonight, then that's on them. And so I agree with Paul saying, hey, look, this game is on. Jim Harbaugh is there. Whatever the result is tonight, that's the result. That's the national championship. 100%. And I like what J.J. McCarthy said. There's about 80% of teams that steal signals. And the reason why Michigan got so good at it, because they were trying to catch up to Ohio State. <laughs> We've always talked to people internally about Todd Graham and his staff and his son possibly being a savant yeah. at stealing signals. This happens. I've been on many, 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 many coaching staffs, and you, it goes to the NFL, the college football, and the teams with more money have more advanced scouting. They have more capabilities. They have more people working on stealing signals. If the NCAA, as you mentioned so eloquently, if they really wanted to continue to go down this avenue, maybe there will be a fine. Maybe there will be some rules and parameters put in place for future sign mm -hmm. stealing, but there's no Asterisk. They're not taking the banner down like they did for UH men's volleyball for you yeah. know illegal participants. Which and I am one hundred percent in hello. favor of the idea of putting that banner back up there. But that's a yeah, whole other exactly. Discussion. Yeah. So I, I I think Paul makes a valid point. Like <laughs> no, this game is taking place. We're all going to watch by the billions. <laughs> Potentially, that was a little exaggeration. But we're all going to watch millions, and, and we are all going to um, see what the result is, and that will be the result. That will be the national championship. And if the NCAA is going to uh, attempt to retroactively uh, change what transpires on the field here today, uh, then I think it's going to be met with a lot of resistance as some previous attempts to do that have been. And, and yeah, you know, maybe the NCAA record book uh, has it a certain way. But like we said, with regard to the University of Hawaii uh, Men's Volleyball Championship <laughs> in 2002, put that damn banner yeah, back up in I the agree. Raptors. Give Reggie Bush's Heisman exactly, back. Exactly, exactly. You have uh, Caleb Williams who's living in a <laughs> Uh, oh. penthouse suite uh, and you know Reggie Bush is over there without his uh, Heisman Trophy for something that would absolutely uh, not 
make any kind of waves here in this day and age. And, and for any of you people that think science stealing is not real, if you ever get a chance to talk to Timmy Chang, talk to him about science stealing. We talk to him almost on a weekly basis about other people stealing their signals. So it happens. Hello. Yeah, that is kind of crazy, though. Um, the, uh, the the story about the Todd Graham era and his son, Bo, who when we talk to like Jacob Yoro and some of these guys Savant. who are on that staff, they're like, no, this guy had like a special talent, a special skill to be able to break down what signals represented what and to be able to do so in real time during the course of a game. And that would play into their advantage. But I do think that there is a line of delineation between being able to Advanced do that from, from your sideline yes. or at the stadium in real time in or watching office, film not what is available. Scouting. But advanced scouting, sending somebody who's to, a staff yes, member exactly. in disguise Filming to be on the, the sideline. Like that. that stuff goes beyond. Like yes. clearly Hello. goes beyond. And that's that's what we're talking Penalties, about. Penalties, fines. Exactly. And so that's why I do think that that still is a significant story and still something that should be referenced in the backdrop of this game. It is part of the narrative and part of the storyline. Uh, but I don't think it at this point, if the NCAA is allowing Michigan in its current form with their head coach to play this game with all of that going on and with the knowledge that they have about this situation, then it's like, all right, well, it's on. And if you try to do something after the fact, then it's too late. And Jim Harbaugh happens to be the hottest coach in the coaching market will probably go to the NFL. I'll be the highest paid coach in the history because you know what? And I hate to say this, but if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And, and everybody's trying to get that little advantage in this multi-billion dollar game. All right. 808-296-1420, the number to call or text at the Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, here's one, Rich. Have you heard uh, Keiki, Misi Pekka, and Nate Ilawa possibly switching jobs? Also, Jordan Pu'u Robinson just mentions Jordan Pu'u Robinson, uh, D-line coach. Um, I, I have not heard anything regarding Jordan myself. Uh, the Keiki-Nate thing. You know, I'm not really sure about that either. Uh, I'm not sure if there's yeah, anything I, that you've heard I, on your end. There's rumors of that, right? And we've heard some, you know, some some people talking about that, but I haven't heard anything officially. And you know what? We all develop these relationships with these young men, yeah. and, and 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 we talk about firings like it's just it's somebody's livelihood. So I would hate to kind of. Speculate, speculate, yeah. especially during these times and whatever else when you don't know for sure. So that's a rumor, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, particularly because you know if if we're if if we're hearing rumors, then that's likely that those guys are hearing rumors. Exactly. And for us to. Um, to to perhaps uh, amplify some of those rumors uh, might be a little unfair uh, because we don't know if that decision has has yet been made, which impacts guys uh, who, yeah, we do have a, a direct connection to. And so uh, the hope here is, because it's a business, we understand that. Uh, the hope here is that Timmy Chang, as the head coach, as uh, he is granted the right to do, can make the necessary changes that he deems are going to better his program and be beneficial to him doing his job of putting a winner and a collective of young developing men on the field that is his gig that is his ship he is the captain of that ship and so that is his absolute right to do that uh, i think you and i though also understanding the the personal and family aspect of this is the hope is 
in the aftermath of those decisions that all those guys, right, Ian Shoemaker and Etienne and Steve Irwin, like these guys who we have built relationships with, that they land uh, in exactly. some, some soft spot somewhere, in a place where they can uh, excel and continue their uh, respective careers. And so uh, it is with that that it, it does make things a little uncomfortable sometimes in the uh, sports talk arena uh, to discuss those kinds of things because you're right, the, the real impacts of this, uh, they are felt and oftentimes they affect uh, not just these individuals, but their families, their wives, their children, whoever it may be. And, I, and I've had the pleasure to go to so many national convent, college coaching conventions for football. And it's, I hate to say this, but there are people literally begging for jobs, hundreds if not thousands, that either have been fired trying to get into this coaching profession. It's a high-performance business. There's constant firings and hirings. It's an ever-changing business. And you got to feel for all of these coaches because this is what they do, but there's not enough jobs for everybody that that wants to do it. All right, we're going to go ahead and uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, a little more discussion here on the UH coaching changes front. There are a couple of issues that I do want to get into uh, with our resident football guru, Rich Miano. Uh, but of course, we do have to talk a little bit more nuts and bolts about the CFP championship tonight. It is this afternoon, obviously, Hawaii time, UW and Michigan. You got the M and then the upside down M. You got the W and the upside down W. Uh, however you want to reference it, uh, this is going to be a fun ball game and I think a really interesting matchup. We'll get Rich Miano's opinion on uh, if anyone in this game has a particular advantage and in what area. Uh, upgrade your island style with Kahala, the original Aloha shirt since 1936. You can pick one up for yourself at one of Kahala's six stores island wide or at kahala.com. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. I got Rich Miano, our resident football guru. He's in the house as well. 808-296-1420, the number to call. You can also text in at that number via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, we are planning on giving away a pair of men's volleyball tickets away for Wednesday night's match against Emmanuel. By the way, we will be doing that uh, in one of the upcoming breaks. Uh, and so uh, we'll let you know uh, when you can start calling in. Uh, and we'll do one of those, like, you know, third or whatever caller uh, will get the ticket. So we'll do that here in a bit. But I uh, just wanted to finish off a, a, a a certain aspect of what we were talking about with regard to the coaching changes uh, on Timmy Chang's staff uh, at the University of Hawaii. And uh, one of the things that I was thinking you could somewhat read into, uh, again, uh, the speculation of the candidates, uh, as reported by Stephen Sai, the Honolulu Star advertiser, uh, not official, right? Uh, they are, it is still speculative, but I think the fact that it has reached the point of Stephen Sai reporting it means that there is at least a likelihood, right? Per perhaps a strong likelihood in fact that um, one or two or all of these uh, names end up becoming officially announced. Um, so if, if we are to expect that, uh, one of the things I feel like you can read into here is if Dan Morrison does join the staff, uh, essentially a guy who was the quarterback's coach throughout the entire June Jones uh, era uh, here at the University of Hawaii, uh, but not a guy who's necessarily a play caller or a coordinator. Uh, and so that would lead you to believe, right, ultimately replacing the, uh, the, the vacancy left by Ian Shoemaker, that Timmy Chang is going to be, um, he, he, is, he, is, he is going to decide to continue in 
in his role of being the primary architect and play caller of this offense. Is that an accurate presumption to make? Yeah, it is. And I think talking to Timmy as we did on a weekly basis, especially those last six, seven, eight games and the success they had in three out of the four last games in particular when they went to the RPO, when they went to getting rid of the ball with the quick throws, when they went to getting Braden Shager on a couple quarterback design runs and had him scramble and, 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 and actually be more athletic and be more of a dual threat. That's where the success was. So I think Coach Chang feels like he was obviously part of that success as he kind of did take over the play calling. I would just like to see possibly somebody else would have come in in terms of take that responsibility hmm away from him, whereas he still had the ability to implement whatever he wanted and still obviously in charge of this whole program. So so as a way to sort of alleviate some of the, the load, yes. if you will. And there's so much of a load on, on a guy like Timmy Chang that doesn't have the kind of staff that some of these other programs have. But at the same time, if they can play like they did three out of those last four games, if the offensive moves in that direction of more of a Craig Stutzman, Nick Rolovich, RPO, new school, new testament run and shoot more power to him it's just a lot of responsibility and i'm all only trying to wish the best for timmy chang and to alleviate some of that but maybe he feels he's ready yeah all right well uh with that said let's switch over here to the uh, college football playoff national championship game you have michigan and washington i think uh we are um, all very intrigued about this matchup it was kind of interesting how the cfp played out where you have the two teams that are going to be both in the big 10 next year beating the two teams that are going to be in the sec both next year and so uh that part of it is kind of in intriguing and then you kind of have a matchup that would have been perfect for the Rose Bowl right it would have been just a real old school traditional Pac-12 Big Ten matchup uh, in the Rose Bowl instead it is in the national championship game you have the Wolverines which uh, I believe are still favored by about five and a half points here going into this title game uh, who do you like Rich Miano and a very broad based question of our resident football guru who do you like to win this game here tonight in Houston yeah well you know you and I have talked about this for years now and basically it revolves to me around this who do I have more of a personal feeling for and that obviously I love Roman Wilson I have great Roman Wilson stories and he's obviously a big star and, and very influential on Michigan's success throughout the whole year as well as the semifinals. But going back to Washington having three coach, three players and Inoki Brechtefield on that staff, yeah. and, and when you see the former Ikaika Malloy and the Chris Petersons and the amount of players that have come through the University of Washington, the proximity to Hawaii, the Pac-12 as we see it dissipate into the Pac-2 or whatever you want to call it, I've always had an affinity for the Pac-12 more so than any other conference in college football. So I guess I would like to see Washington win this game as they depart. The okay, country. okay. Uh, and you mentioned Ikaika Malloy. Congrats to him as well being named the uh, new defensive coordinator at UCLA. And Inoki Brechtefield, who, uh, by the way, there was a uh, list that came out uh, several weeks back uh, talking about like the um, salaries for the top paid assistant coaches. And the dude makes some bank, man. He's doing all right. Um, he's not necessarily like way up on the list, but uh, he's high up uh, on, enough on the list to be like, all right, you go there, you know, okay, you go there. Um, all right, so your preference is Washington. And I would probably have to say if I were to pick one of the two teams uh, to maybe uh, attach my allegiance to here, uh, it would probably be the University of Washington because of some of the connections that you talk about uh, over the years. So many players from Hawaii, uh, so many Islanders that have gone on to star with the Huskies that have had some kind of a, a connection to that program. Um, you know, Seattle is one of my favorite cities as well. 
well. And so if I had to pick one, I'm probably picking UW. Um, I also tend to think that UW can win this game. Uh, maybe even go so far as to say if we're you know we're going to be uh, painted into the corner here to make a pick because this is Sports Dog Radio. I do call Washington to win this game outright. Um, that might be uh, looking at this through some of those purple hazed lenses. But that said, uh, I just love Michael Penix. I, I just I think that he is incredible. I think that he is peaking right now, even though there were some performances later in the regular season uh, that were a little unbecoming, uh, certainly by the standard he set for himself this year. I think he should have won the Heisman. Uh, I think he is a guy who has just played really well in the biggest games, right? In the, the most high leverage situations, that's when he has, in essence, been at his best. And it doesn't get any more high leverage than in a national championship setting. Um, this Michigan defense is unbelievable, though, right? Top defense in the country. Certainly a better defense than what Washington faced in either the Pac-12 championship or the semifinals against Texas. Um, that said, I think that the offenses that uh, UW faced from a defensive uh, perspective, right, in Oregon, in Texas, those are, in my opinion, much more explosive offenses to have to guard against than what they're going to see here in Michigan, which is, you know, a little bit more power, a little bit more strength. And so maybe that part of it can kind of tilt the scales uh, in Michigan's favor as well. But uh, I think just stylistically explosiveness uh, concerned, I think that you have a Washington defense that is facing an offense that isn't quite as explosive as the two offenses they've just recently gone through. Uh, obviously, their defense on the Michigan side is much better than what Washington has seen, but Michael Penix Jr. is that X factor with a crop of receivers who in multitude are likely to play in the NFL. I, I fully agree. And, and a few weeks ago, and I said, I would never say this on the air in terms of Caleb Williams not only being a generational talent, which I think some other pundits or experts have kind of obviously seen that same type of talent that you and I have seen. That being said, after Michael Penix's last game, and I hate to be the flavor of the week, so to speak, and just basing it off of one game, but he has had, uh, as you mentioned, maybe a Heisman Trophy year, not just a week. But that last game, that first post corner that he threw in the bucket, I mean, when you watched him scramble for some yardage, and everybody talked about he's not a dual threat, he never runs, he showed, coming off of, I think, uh, one Achilles surgery, two MCL, uh, ACL surgery, the guy has been beat up his whole career at Indiana. He's still very athletic. I'm thinking now the first pick of the NFL draft is not so clear cut because this guy is the real deal. And you mentioned the receivers yeah, to me. Yeah, Rome Odunze is unbelievable. Oh, and, and a couple of those other guys, I yeah. forgot what the kid's name is, but he has a similar name, uh, McMillan, the other receiver. And then there's another receiver. And then that running back that came in, I think it's Johnson, number seven. And then the offensive line, you know. Who, this, they, say, who they say is going to play despite uh, the apparent injury yes, at the end of that it, but semifinal here's, game. Here's where I kind of uh, kind of go back to Michigan, right? They didn't play well special teams, especially in that first half. And, and they've had some special teams. I watched the offensive line for Michigan warm up, and there were 15 guys that looked like they're NFL guys. So I do think that Michigan, with Blake Corum as a running back, I think J.J. McCarthy didn't play well in the first half of that last game as well, is, is a really good quarterback. This is going to be... 
I think it could be one of those last possession games in a great yeah. college football final. But I, I'm very impressed, obviously, with Jim Harbaugh and that staff, uh, Blake Corm in the running game and the physicality of Mi- Michigan. But I do like, as you mentioned, the weapons yeah. of Washington. Yeah, I think uh, I'm not sure if you mentioned uh, Jalen Polk. Uh, you, you mentioned the running back, Dylan Johnson, who they say is going to play. And then Jalen McMillan. Yeah, Jalen um, McMillan's he's, good. He's, he's, I mean, they've got some dudes, some studs. And I, I'm convinced that Rome Odunze uh, is is going to be not just an NFL receiver, but like a special Big one. Time. Like I kind of think he could be almost like a Devontae Adams yeah, type of receiver at the next level. All right, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, going to kind of dip into some more general questions. The bucket O question. Questions is going to be pulled out here for our resident football guru, uh, Rich Miano. Again, 808-296-1420, the number to call. We'll give away the two men's volleyball tickets in the next break, uh, but we just wanted to remind everybody to try Domino's Mix and Match special. Uh, download the Domino's app. You can get three items for just $7.99 each. You can choose from pizzas, pastas, boneless chicken bites, a whole lot more. Mix and Match deals under the coupon section on the app. Domino's Hawaii, they deliver aloha. We'll uh, continue the show. Let's Talk Sports rolls on. All right, welcome back. Let's talk sports. Kanoa Leahy here in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu. My resident football guru, Rich Miano, is in the house with me. Uh, we're going to open up the bucket of questions here. Uh, again, we also want to uh, continue to open up the phone lines. Uh, if anybody wants to text in as well, the number is 808-296-1420 via the Zephyr Insurance text line, and we'll try to get to those as uh, soon as possible. Uh, but let's just dip into the bucket, all right? Some general stuff. Uh, here's the first question as I'm uh, rummaging through this thing, uh, and it is oh, very relevant. That's good. The time <laughs> of this is nice um is jim harbaugh coaching his last college football game uh, this evening rich well you know it's speculated that he's been offered 125 million dollars to stay at <laughs> michigan and then when you look at it, nobody knows because it's not public record the new england patriots like but it, it's been reported that belichick's making 25 million dollars a year so when you start thinking about this type of money the salary cap going up the amount of money coming in from streaming and gambling and everything else it's speculated that he could make that type of money with the L.A. Chargers, with some other teams that are obviously going to be looking for head coaches. So this is going to be an interesting next couple of weeks. Yeah, you know, an interesting one, too, is, you know, when you just think geography, right, a a little bit, you have um, uh, Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, uh, and that's not too far away from one organization in the NFL, which is uh, going to be picking a whole lot of high picks here in the next couple of years, including this upcoming draft, one overall, the Chicago Bears, right? Uh, There's been no announcement regarding Matt Eberflus, who's been there for a couple of years, Uh, but that seems to me to be a natural type of fit, but you're right, the money has to be right, but then if you're Jim Harbaugh, you know, if you win this game tonight, that is the ultimate sort of tip of the cap. We're leaving on a high note. This is showbiz. You have all of this controversy in the backdrop that he can easily just walk away from and leave in his wake. Um, and I wonder if that is something that would play into uh, his uh, opinion of whether or not some of these positions that are open are intriguing enough. But the Chicago Bears, with all of the picks that they have coming up and the cap space that they have, that seems to me to be one that even geographically speaking, Speaking would suit a Jim Harbaugh transition back to the NFL. Well said. All I'm going to talk about is Jim Harbaugh's not doesn't need money. I remember him calling me and saying he wanted to spend a week at the Aulani Hotel. <laughs> so I called up Elliot Mills, the general manager, and they were 99% capacity, but they had one two-bedroom for like $1,800 a night. I said, this guy makes 
This was then yeah, five, yeah. six, seven million dollars a year. So it's not a money issue. <laughs> and sure enough, he had a great time at the Outline. Yeah, he spent yeah. a week there, and I'm sure that didn't affect his bank account. I like how he's still asking you for the hookups, though. It's like <laughs> you can afford to stay anywhere, Jim. He's still asking for the hookups. Um, yeah, that's interesting. You actually did work with him uh, for some clinics, though, and right? he's a strange, strange dude. Like he'll he'll ask some questions <laughs> that are totally out of the football world. Will you start asking yourself like? I don't know the answer because I've never heard this type of questioning from a football coach. He's way out there, but obviously a great football coach. All right. Uh, next question out of the bucket. Hey, this guy is going to be a pro bowler and a starter in the pro bowl, depending on how far uh, this team goes. But uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa of the Miami Dolphins, uh, as the playoff matchups are now set, they are on the road in the wild card round to play a Kansas City Chiefs team that's going through some things, uh, it appears. So uh, here's the question. Do you like Tua? Tua's first round matchup on the road at Arrowhead. Yeah, and I hate to say, I wanted Tua to win. I wanted Talking Josh Allen to play well because I have a relationship with Josh with as the well. Division last on the night line. with the division on the line. But I was also thinking about the potential matchups. Do you want to play Josh Allen again at home, knowing that he may not throw those two interceptions yeah. and have a uh, caused fumble and, and have some erratic plays, which he sometimes does. But at the same time, he is the ultimate weapon, him and Lamar Jackson, in my eyes. Then you go on the road to play a Kansas City Chiefs team that doesn't have great receivers, uh, not really playing that well. Patrick Mahomes having maybe his worst year in the last at least four or five, six, seven years, right? And Taylor Swift. There's a <laughs> lot of confusion going on, you know. And so this may be actual a better matchup for Tua. And you, if you want to win, sometimes you got to win on the road. Hey, uh, the Dolphins uh, and uh, some other teams, uh, they were um, uh, accused of tanking for Tua. And uh, is it too uh, hard to understand or believe that the Dolphins may have uh, been tanking for uh, Kansas City? I, I agree with you. I, I think that uh, I was watching that game last night going like, do the Dolphins like, really want to win this and run it back basically the same thing with the Buffalo Bills because uh, that was the Josh Allen performance that if you're the Miami Dolphins that's the game you're supposed to win right when he's yeah. throwing two interceptions in the end zone fumbles another turnover yeah. away uh, obviously he balled out down the stretch and his overall numbers ended up being really good uh, but that's the game that if you're Miami you need to win also did you hear the crowd when Buffalo made plays Buffalo fans turned that stadium in into a home game and a home atmosphere in essence. That was bananas. And so I agree with you. Did you really want to run that back if you're the Miami Dolphins? And I'm not trying to say that they actually tanked. I think they were trying to win that game. They wanted to be a division uh, title holder. But that said, uh, this is, I think, the better overall matchup in this wild card round, even going on the road, even playing Patrick Mahomes. Because, yeah, the Chiefs aren't the same team right now. And can they put it together? Maybe. But they've got problems. And while that defense can still uh, win uh, games for the Chiefs, uh, I like the Dolphins' chances, even though KC is the three-and-a-half-point favorite at this point. I like the Dolphins' chances better, as as crazy as it is to sound, on the road at Kansas City than at home running it back against the yeah, Bills. Yeah, and you know, there's not a lot of Tua haters in Hawaii, thank God, because the guy led the, the NFL in passing. He was one of the highest percentages. He threw two balls that Tyreek Hill dropped that could potentially have been point-changing uh, possessions. And so that, all that being said, Mostert was hurt, who's a phenomenal running back. You had Jalen Waddle out of the game. You had Van Ginkle get hurt. They do have a plethora of 
injuries, and, and that's part of football in week 17, which is really week 18. And it's going to be part of the playoffs, whatever else. You're never going to be totally healthy. They're going to be banged up. But this Miami Dolphin team needs to get those guys activated, needs to be healthy. And Tua's had a phenomenal year, and I'm a, and I'm a huge fan. All right, next question. Let's dip into the bucket. Uh, next question is, which NFC team has the best wild card round matchup? Rich? You know, about six weeks ago, I was wearing my jersey stuff for anybody that follows me on <laughs> Instagram. And they were 10-1, and one, and since then, they've lost five out of six games. Oh, you're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, and then when I, and they're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but going back to when I was at the New York Jets, believe it or not, we were 10-1. and one. We lost five games in a row, which is a record. Go, went into the playoffs at 10-6. and six. Beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the wild card. Lost to the Cleveland Browns on the road to the AFC Championship. Oh, wow. So it can be done, right? But God, are they looking not so healthy and schemed up. But do you think they have the best matchup here in this wild But card? I still think to answer your question, I still think they do because Tampa Bay, I'm a, I'm not a Baker Mayfield Same. fan. Same. I'm not huge on Baker. He has his moments he for does. sure. He's but, had some uh, good games. But it's it's interesting. Philly free fell into the five seed, and they get what I would argue is the best tanking for wild Tampa. card matchup. Yeah, tanking for <laughs> Tampa. Exactly. Uh, on the road, they're going to play the Buccaneers. Uh, I just, I, I think that that you don't want to play. You'd want to play the Bucks. If I were to give you the list of any of the other teams on the road or Agreed. at home, uh, what would be the team that you would rather play? Rams. No. Lions? No. Nope. Packers even? No. no Not the way hot. they're playing Jordan right Love. now. Jordan Love's looking pretty good. Dallas? No. no uh, Dallas I think you pick hot. Tampa Bay. Home yes, or away, that's sure. the team you would rather play. Uh, and so the conspiracy theorists are out <laughs> in full force, suggesting that maybe the Eagles tanked for Tampa. Certainly um, looked like they, when they were buying 24-0. <laughs> against the Giants. Giants. Yeah. I mean, so Bobby Curran's team. I think it's pretty clear, though, that that is the more favorable matchup of anything that they uh, could have potentially gone up against in this wild card round. And wouldn't you know it? The storylines, by the way, in this wild card round are, are pretty fantastic uh, when you look at. Um, just some of the the storylines with the specific games, right? And and one of them is going to most definitely be the Detroit Lions going up against their former quarterback, Matt Stafford, with the Rams. It's my worst nightmare uh, coming to fruition here uh, because you have uh, the Rams going up against their former quarterback and Jared Goff. Um, that's one of the storylines. And, and it is, again, my worst nightmare because I can see it happening already. The Lions are at home. They're the three seed. They got jobbed out of the two seed by the officials a couple of weeks back. Um, and they're going to lose to Matt Stafford and the Rams, and, and when they finally had this glorious season, they're at, back in the playoffs, and everyone's suggesting that they're you know really really good, and they have been pretty decent. But uh, it's just I, I I'm going to hate the world when that happens, and I feel like it's almost <laughs> inevitable. Some of the other interesting storylines, though, you have uh, Mike McCarthy versus his former team, the Green Bay Packers, right? And you got the Cowboys Packers going at it. Um, Packers making the playoffs the year after trading Rodgers, right? Yeah. Uh, and the team they traded him to did not make the playoffs. You have the Eagles returning to Tampa where they got exposed in the 2021 playoffs. Uh, you have the Texans. Uh, they're going up against the Browns. The Texans versus the team they traded Watson to and the team that got better once Watson got hurt when they signed Joe Flacco. Um, you have Tyreek Hill returning to Kansas City. That's going to be interesting. And then the William & Mary Bowl, Mike Tomlin and Sean McDermott, the Steelers and the Bills. Uh, both of those guys were teammates at William and wow. Mary in uh, 1993, that, that was 1994. Those some great storylines, yeah, bro. Good stuff. I, I just think it's going to be – this is going to be a great day, college football, but – 
the next few weeks, I think the NFL is in such a great position to have these classic matchups. All right, we're leaving the bucket and going back to the text line uh, because uh, this texter wants to know, Rich, um, did Timmy ask you to consider coaching in any capacity? Well, well, that's a kind of a hot question because I, you know, <laughs> I, I've kind of made it's it. It's a yes or no uh, question. No, I, I've Rich. made it known to everybody that I'm not really interested at this time in my life to be a coach. And I think Timmy understands that. I'm not saying he would have asked me in general. I love what I'm doing now. I get to work television with (laughs) yours truly, who's one of the greatest announcers you could ever work with. (laughs) And and then just to be part of the lifestyle that I'm part of and and, and try to support Timmy from the periphery. Yeah. All right. Uh, Next question. You didn't answer really that much, (laughs) but I I see what you're trying to say. Uh, Miami Dolphins Dolphins game on Peacock Television this week. Is that, that's the Dolphins and Chiefs are on Peacock. That's a Saturday night game. I think it's. Uh, I think that's accurate. And what a bummer uh, if uh, people have to pay to watch. Yeah, the, the Peacock TV thing. Yeah. NBC has been kind of running that. They've really been pushing that platform. Um, it hasn't really necessarily been super uh, beneficial for the fans out there. It's just a little hard. You know, when you're on a streaming platform for a game exclusively, they've had some big college matchups that have been exclusively put on Peacock as well, uh, and it just makes it a little difficult. It's harder to maneuver when you have a game singularly on a specific uh, right. streaming platform and, and everything else sort of um, you know on on available in most cases on like cable television. And, and there's a financial constraint, obviously, but there's also an age constraint. Somebody like myself, when you start getting up there in age and you start thinking about like Hulu and YouTube and all these different services now that provide for the NFL, which is obviously the reason these billion-dollar television contracts continue to expand. But it makes it tough for the consumer. Where in the old days, you know it was ABC, NBC, CBS, ESPN, Fox, whatever it was. Now it's like all over the map trying to find a game. Yeah, and like I think that the thing that people are finding, right, and what I'm thinking is going to end up bringing this thing back full circle where you're going to have a platform or, or an app or something, even if uh, streaming is the way to, to go from a broadcast standpoint, um, that's going to make things a little more consolidated again. I feel like we're just going to go back there, right, because people are going to realize, oh, um, you know, the way they parsed all of these different platform services, um, you know, and you pay for each one, the accumulation comes out to about the same, if not more. More than what you would had been previously paying for cable, right? And I think that what's going, what people are also finding is like it's just easier to maneuver. Like we don't want to watch one thing constantly. We want to change the channel, okay. right? The old adage: What do guys want to watch? Uh, guys don't want to know what's on TV. We want to know what else is on TV, right? No, and that's I kind of it. the thing, right? But I'm gonna ask you a question. Put you on the spot. There's rumor that TNT may become more involved in football. If they did, who are the Charles Barkley and who is the Shaq <laughs> of this new pregame oh, halftime? Interesting. That would be, it might be like a McAfee or somebody crazy well, like maybe. that. Maybe. Uh, I think the Kelsey brothers uh, Ooh, certainly have seats reserved for them whenever uh, they, they decide yeah. that their playing days uh, are done. That's uh, absolutely going to happen. But that, that's interesting. So I kind of feel like we're going to eventually go full circle and there's going to be, whether or not it's via the uh, cable technology or whether or not it's streaming, you're going to have a platform that is going to essentially make those uh, different um, you know platforms themselves available in one country. <laughs> consolidated place for a fee. It'll be basically the cable construct, uh, but it'll be applied perhaps to streaming. I think that we're going to get there. I'm still trying to figure out what is linear TV. I, I don't even know the difference between some of these things. I just want to watch the game. Yeah, same here. Arr, arr. For the old man, let's watch the game. I want to watch it on my on my 
tube, on my boob tube. Uh, catch UH NFL football at 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at Leeward Bowl. Uh, here at this time of the year, fantastic to watch uh, the NFL playoff games. They have a happy hour poo-poo menu from 4 to 7 p.m. daily. They got the big video wall. Uh, definitely check out NFL football uh, at uh, 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at Leeward Bowl. All right, our best and worst with Rich Miano when we come back. Hey, what's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports. Of course, I forgot to do the ticket giveaway during that last break, so we'll do it right now. Uh, Rich, give me a number between one and five. Three. He uh, held up the uh, the gesture of the number three, which well, works great like on this, which but... works great on radio. And then he just used another uh, finger to uh, gesticulate towards me. So uh, yeah, a whole lot of stuff going on visually in here. Thank goodness uh, it is an audio realm. Um, yeah. So three is the number he flashed. So third caller eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty. Liz Stacy working the phone lines. Third caller gets uh, the pair of tickets to men's volleyball uh, Wednesday against Emmanuel. Emmanuel coming into town. Men's volleyball always a fun uh, show whenever you're there. Live, no bad seat in the house. Again, caller number three here during this segment or after the show uh, gets the tickets. All right, let's get into our best and worst, Rich. Uh, what is your best? My best is Puka Nakua, oh the Polynesian ball. I think it was four or five years ago. He's a fifth-round draft pick from BYU. He broke the record for catches, yardage. He broke a 60-year-old record that was in 14 games. So, you know, a little asterisk there, right, because this is 17 games. But Jesse Sapolu told me a quick story. He said that Puka's mom was at the game. In the game being at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, the SID people from the Rams did not allow the mother to go down the sidelines to witness her son about to break a record possibly jesse got her on the sidelines and it He's worked out wonderfully and big props to jesse sapolo <laughs> the polynesian the bowl and puka you, you walk around that stadium with oh jesse it's like it's man. like walking around with with, with jesus a legend bro <laughs> pretty soon i think his name's gonna be up there with the legends that's right that's right uh levi stadium on jesse sapolo field <laughs> I, I like that idea um all right my best is hallie bird song uh she is a uh, walk-on with the rainbow wahine basketball team out of kalani high school she's been on the team for a multitude of years and she scored her first career basket for Hawaii in their lopsided victory against CSUN on Saturday. And so a big shout out to her. Um, Coach Beeman was talking about how hard she works and every practice she gives it her all. And she got that uh, moment right there where her teammates were just jumping up for joy and the, the bench went crazy, the crowd went crazy. Uh, so that is my best. Uh, kudos to you, Hallie Birdsong. All right, we switch it over to the bad stuff. What's your worst? Okay, my worst is officiating, especially in the in NFL. The NFL. Oh, oh, oh. And my apologies to Preach. Matt Sumstein, who actually works in the NFL, George Gusman, who did college football for years, and even like Kyle Galdera. I know how hard it is to officiate games, and I do have a lot of you know respect for those guys. But come on, the NFL, you can do better. Don't have such a big ego where you can't do it like rugby, soccer. Go to certain VAR. two minutes. Yeah, Video two minutes. assistant of uh, referee. Yeah, two minutes and a half. Playoffs, two minutes before the end of the game. You've got to get it better. You may not get it right, but it has to be better. We're talking about a $20 billion a year business. I'm tired of watching guys being draped on and not being pass interference, holding being called at inner opportune times. It's just not good enough. Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. 100%. Preach, my man. Uh, my worst, <laughs> really quick, I, it's my New Year's resolution to make him my worst every day, uh, and he makes it easy. Aaron Rodgers. 
<laughs> of the New York Jets, uh, who said that the uh, Jets going into next year need to flush the bull bleep, flush the BS. He said they need to avoid distractions. Here's my thing. Aaron, you're the biggest distraction. You were the biggest distraction this entire year. Uh, that is it for us. Uh, Rich That's Miano, another one of my heroes it. that you did not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, forget good. it. Forget it. Congrats to Melvin for winning the tickets. See you next time, everybody.